In this week's Caddy Dentist podcast, we speak to Janine Brooks about the very important topic of um, mentorship, which is very important to her um, and should be important to all of you. So Janine, why don't you introduce yourself briefly? Yeah, hi, Andrew. And thanks for letting me have this opportunity to rabbit on, something I really love. Um, so yeah, dentist uh, qualified in Birmingham back in 83. So, oh God, 40 years ago, don't believe that. Um, Anniversary I... year. Oh no, yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so I I worked clinically in community dental services for about 19, 20 years in Hereford and South Warwickshire. Uh, but early on in my career, I got an opportunity to do non-clinical stuff as well, which I think whetted my appetite for some of the non-clinical aspects of, of dentistry. Um, so I did a load of management and leadership and, and managed hospitals and, and this and that and the other. Um, got into Caldicott, uh, data protection. Basically, my, my ethos in my career was, uh, yes, I'll give it a go. Um, and only then do I find out what it is I've said I'm giving it a go. Mm. Um, but I've been very um, fortunate through my career that I've worked with some excellent people who have given me excellent guidance and advice, which segues us into things like mentoring and coaching. Um, I moved out of clinical work in the early 2000s. Uh, because I did the millennium. Uh, I was the millennium bug lead in our trust. That was a real low light in my career. Uh, but uh, but it, it gave me some additional experience skills, shall we say. Um, and then I moved sort of strategically and worked for a couple of special health authorities, I worked for what was then the National Clinical Assessment Authority. That really got me feeling about performance and performance management, how people could stumble, how people could struggle. And again, the importance of things like mentoring and supporting colleagues when they were struggling. I was made redundant in 2011 from that when the Special Health Authority arm's length bodies were uh, disbanded. And that was when I set up my own businesses. That's when I decided that I would try to be a mentor and a coach. Um, I did my training. I then worked with the two people who trained me to set up a dental coaching academy to start doing some training for dental professionals. And, and things have sort of just moved on. I also set up as co-founder Dental Mentors UK because I really wanted to start pushing the agenda of mentoring within dentistry. So I guess that brings us sort of full circle um, to be thinking about mentoring, as, as you said, Andrew. Well, it's a, it's a long and illustrious career of many, uh, many different avenues you've been down. Um, and it's great that you find yourself at mentoring now, because um, I think it's important in, in, um, for everybody to consider. Um, but can you define what mentoring means to you? What does it mean in your view? And equally importantly, what isn't mentoring? I think we all yeah, yeah, no. have slightly jaded yeah. views on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we need to get our head around the fact that whilst the word is used a lot, um, the meanings can be different. And so uh, some people will see mentoring as one thing and some people will see it as another. So it's very much at that evolutionary developmental stage, I think. Um, so there are a number of differing opinions. 
Um, as I said, I, I have mine and I'll share them, but other people may be slightly different. So to my mind, and I've I've worked with people like David Clutterbuck, who, who largely was the person who brought mentoring into the UK uh, from North America. Um, so I spent quite a lot of time listening to him and talking with him. He helped me develop some of my ideas. I see mentoring as having two main strands. The one is that somebody has experience or skills that other people would like to develop. So there's experience and skills on the one hand, which of course means that the vast majority of dental professionals have some dental skill, some non-clinical skill that they could share. So that's a good starting point, but it's not just sharing and telling. If you were doing that, you'd be teaching. What mentoring is, it's more about bringing out from the person you're working with what they see as their future and their vision and moving forward. So you need to develop the skills of listening. We tend to think dental professionals listen. Actually, they're not that great at it. Um, active listening is quite hard to do without your brain going off thinking, oh, I want to an answer this. You know, you've got to stop the, I'm going to answer this. You've just got to listen. Then you've got to be able to ask pertinent questions that help again, draw out more from the person. So again, you're not telling, you're just asking questions. You're, you're trying to go a bit deeper. You're trying to find out what's going on. And then you reflect back what you think you've heard. Now, it is what you think you've heard, what you think they say, which gives them an opportunity to either say, yes, yes, that's exactly what I meant. Or no, 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 no. And I didn't mean that. I meant this. So it evolves and grows over time. Now, there's no telling in mentoring, as I said, but you can offer. So if somebody is, is struggling with something, you can offer a signpost. Oh, I came across a great course around that topic. You might want to have a look at it. Or, oh, I know somebody who knows a bit more about that. Would you like me to introduce you to them? So, so you're offering. Now, they can say, no, thank you. No, I'm okay. And that's fine. That, that's where it stops. Um, but generally, a mentor needs to share as well as this pulling out from the person they're working with. It's all about the person you're working with, not about you. you you're just a conduit in many ways. Mm. Um, is kind of mentoring, the way you describe it sounds like a very, very formalized uh, approach and a very formalized relationship. And I, and I think many many people, me included, view about mentoring was always it was as a way of building a network. It was something that you knew that would give you some words of advice, and it was it was it was the mentor giving something back to the profession um, for to a young and upcoming person. And it was a kind of largely uh, free service. But you make it sound like a paid for thing. I'm going to buy myself a mentor. There are two, two different ways of looking at this and, and both are correct. Um, mentoring is something that you can use every day. The skills, once you've got them, you can use them to have better conversations with everybody. So better conversations with your patients, 
because you are listening, you're asking the right questions, you're drawing out from the patient what they want, you're giving and sharing your skill. So that is an everyday thing that any dental professional can do with every single patient. They can also have those better conversations with their other colleagues, staff, employees. Again, they're listening, they're questioning, they're having the right conversations. All of that is just part of who we should be. So that isn't saying, oh, uh, come over here, Andrew, let's have a quick half an hour mentoring conversation and I can see you're right sort of thing. No, that's not how I see it in everyday work. I've even had some people go through training and said, I've had better conversations with my kids now as a result of that. I'm actually listening to what they say instead <laughs> of being a parent. So the skills you can use across the whole piece. But there are specific areas where mentoring can be used for specific things like fitness to practice. So if somebody has a performance issue, a remediation issue, mentoring becomes a formal process where you're assisting somebody through that process. It can also be used formally for career progression where somebody comes to a mentor wanting to expand the, or change their career. They want an opportunity to talk it through with somebody who's non-judgmental, who has nothing to do with their business, no iron to grind, but it is a professional relationship and conversation. This isn't a mate down the pub that you're having a little natter with. This is somebody who is actually there to help you in a specific role. The other area, of course, is, is mentoring for excellence. And this is something that we really don't use enough of in dentistry. This is somebody who's already really good, but wants to take the next leap up to be fabulous. Now, if you were outside health services, clinical health services, you would be asking and expect to have a mentor and or a coach. And if you were in the business world, at levels, you would want a coach. You would want a mentor or a coach to help you be brilliant. So we have to get over in dentistry that there is an aspect of it that is a professional service that, yes, you should pay for. Mm. Okay. Sitting on the fence there a bit, there's, there's you, you know, you can and you can't. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned coaching there, which I think is interesting, you know, and some of what you say kind of slightly overlaps. Some of what you say about mentoring sounds like coaching. What's the difference yeah. between the two? Yeah, it's a really interesting point, Andrew, because, again, I think people get very confused. And again, you will find different opinions with different uh, authors. For me, the non-clinical skills, the listening, the reflecting, the asking questions are shared between the two. Coaches do exactly the same. The difference is mentors mentor within their professional group because they know, like you said, they've got answers, they can share expertise, they can share networks, they know the answers to the questions that they're asking. You coach generally outside your professional expertise because you don't know the answers. So you're coming from a question or an area of real naivety from the point of view of asking questions. So for example, I 
I am no expert. I know very little about your area of expertise, Andrew. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite specialized. It's a very great area. Now, I couldn't mentor you because I don't know what the answers are that you're giving me. I can't share and say, oh, go and have a, a look at this, Andrew. Try this person. But I could coach you because I could ask you the naive questions that get you thinking because I don't know the answers. So I could go to all sorts of places with you to coach you to be even better than you you are or you think you are. So coaching, I, I coach medics and, and other non-clinicals non because I don't know the answers, but I mentor within dentistry. Okay, I understand. Um, so can everyone working in the dental profession benefit from a mentor? I mean, some of the language you use talks about kind of, you know, elite performance and all of that kind of stuff. But is it equally useful for a kind of receptionist, perhaps, or a hygienist or a um, anybody in the profession? Of course, because everybody in the profession has their own particular role, their own particular jobs. They know what they're doing. So anybody can get better. Anybody can struggle. Anybody can have a career crisis. So, yeah, within dentistry, any and all people within dentistry could well benefit from mentoring. Plus, as I said to you, the actual skills of mentoring will improve those conversations. So a practice owner can have much better conversations with their staff, really bring their staff on board, encourage everybody to be part of the practice and the practice gets better. So you can use the skills to improve the way that you work with everybody. So yeah, receptionist, dental nurse, trainee, we uh, dental um, foundation trainees, educational supervisors will use mentoring skills to help them in that first year after they come out of dental school. They will use mentoring skills They'll use other skills, you know, supervisory skills. They have to be judgmental at times when they're assessing somebody, but they will use mentoring as well as part of their skill set in helping. So, yeah, anybody and everybody um, can benefit. Dentistry is quite isolated and, and isolating. Even people who work in a big practice can actually not interact with colleagues particularly well. And they can go and sort of go off and do their own thing. Whereas mentoring brings them back within the fold, gets them talking to colleagues about things and can be quite a preventive uh, intervention to stop people sort of sliding into poor performance. Mm. What, um, in, in your experience, are the kind of the common misconceptions people have of mentoring? Is it in terms of what the outcome is likely to be or what the experience is going to be like or what you can discuss? You know, what, what misconceptions do people generally have? I think the first one is it's easy and everybody can do it. So I think that that's the very first one. And those two together mean it's not properly valued. Right. And therefore it's used in a sloppy fashion. Not everywhere, not by everybody, but the word is now very well used within dentistry, but it's not always used appropriately. So I think um, people don't value it, which is, I think, where you were coming from when you said about paying for it. It's like, really? Well, why wouldn't you pay for skills? Your skills are paid for. They're hard won. You know, mentors, they're not made 
the day after they qualify. They take time to build that experience and to build the skills. Many have been on training, which I believe everybody, if they're going to be a mentor, should be properly trained because it doesn't come naturally. Dentists can be quite judgmental individuals and you really can't use judgment when you're mentoring because it just does not come over. I mean, it, it's not the, well, you don't want to do it like that. You want to do it like that. That is not, that is not mentoring. That's telling. So I think it's, it's undervalued. Um, it's not used properly in a lot of circumstances. It's used quite sloppily. Um, and I think people don't actually appreciate how powerful it is. You know, if you can mentor somebody through a tricky situation, they can come out of it quite changed and quite a different individual. Hmm. I mean, there's a it's the way you discuss it seems to kind of slightly bleed over into counselling. In some respects, you're giving people kind of support um, as well as helping them so solve solve a problem. Um, oh, you there know. is support. There is support, but counselling is therapeutic. Hmm. Counselling says there's something wrong with you that we're going to put right. Mentoring doesn't make that assumption. Yeah. So it it's not it's not therapeutic in the same way as as counselling. No, fair enough. Um, but if we look at it at a practical level, you know, how does the mentoring process work? I mean, how much time is involved? How often should I speak to my mentor? Um, how should I choose one? You know, how does it work? Okay. Well, uh, let's go right back to. You can use it everywhere every, and you should. Once you've got the skills, you just use it. So that isn't about putting time aside. That's you being better at how you interact with others. So that's, that's one thing. But if we're talking about, yes, you have a, a trainee and you want to mentor them. So you probably will want to put some time aside where you can actually concentrate with that individual. So you're not having rushed conversations uh, as you're going around. You've got concentrated time. When I work with and most of my mentoring is remediation performance, um, I will generally have an hour conversation once a month uh, with the people that I mentor. In between that, they may well send me things like their reflective accounts that they want me to have a look at and ask questions on. So in the meantime, we might have email um, conversations, but we'd have dedicated about an hour. It can sometimes be less than that, um, you know, particularly if somebody is working really well and it's just a quick catch up. How's things going? Are you struggling with this? Right. Whatever. That could be quite quick. Um, I try not to go over an hour because I think everybody just gets tired and it gets it loses its effectiveness, you know, as you go beyond that. So uh, sometimes it has to be once a fortnight. It just depends with remediation, if you like, how urgent it is, because unfortunately, a lot of people suddenly realize they need a mentor three weeks before they're having a fitness to practice case. It's like it's going to be tricky because <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> Is, so, I, I, I can answer that so so it's it's kind of um you know using modern term here it's just a kind of subscription model you should have you should have a, a, a mental on-call for like a, a, a period of time uh over a, a number of months maybe years perhaps fitness to practice can take a long time because it's basically de dedicated and dictated by the general dental council 
So it's dedicated by when the case comes up. So how much time you've got. And, and then some people have conditions after that. So they want to continue working. So that is it's almost that's dictated to by an external body. Now, if you were coming for career mentoring, it could be a lot shorter because that could be that you've got a specific goal. You want to talk about various things. You want to toss things around. And that might be just two or three sessions so that you know where you are. And again, uh, with excellence, that might be a bit longer because it might take you time to put into place things that you've talked about and then you can test them out with your mentor as to how they're working. So it, it depends on what you're choosing a mentor for. And it's led by the mentee. So at the end of the day, if the mentee feels they're not getting any more out of it, then they close the, the relationship. In the in the dental profession, are there some kind of can you give some scenarios where one would typically call for a mentor? Is is it it can you be as simplistic as that? Well, as I said, I mean a lot of my work is with remediation. So mm. somebody has a case with the GDC. Uh, they need to prepare the the bundle, their documentation. They need to prepare themselves for the case to be heard. Yeah. So so we'll work with them to particularly look at their ability to be reflective ability to show insight and self-awareness into what it was that went wrong put in place things to make sure it doesn't go wrong again and demonstrate that evidence to the panel so so and as i say i mean i've probably worked with over 100 um doctors and dentists now to do that over the years mm. um but if it during covid I had a number of dental professionals who had had enough, basically, and wanted to move out and wanted to, to uh, get into a different career. Now, that takes a bit of time because you're trying, you need to pull out from people what their strengths are. It, it is amazing that dentists don't appreciate the wealth of, of strengths and skills that they have. They'll sort of say, well, I'm, I'm just a dentist. And it, it's like, so what is just a dentist? Well, I fill teeth. Yeah, but what else do you do? You know, so they, they they don't get around the whole business skills they've got, the whole communication skills they've got, the financial skills they've got. So it's helping them to look at the package of who they are and appreciate that. That can sometimes help happen with health issues as well. Somebody might develop a physical health issue, which means they can no longer physically do dentistry. They want to do something else and still work. So it's helping them to recognize the skills they've got. Once they've got that, people, the doors open as to the sorts of careers that they might be able to undertake with the skills that they've got. Mm. So, you know, so do, I mean, it, it sounds like you think that having a mentor should be kind of like a, an integral part of kind of preparing and planning your career in some ways. That everybody is almost something you should put on your CV. Had a mentor since 1997. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because as I said, dentistry can be quite isolating. And it's really useful to have a non-judgmental colleague so they understand the situation you are in to help you, to, to support you, as you said, to guide you in the way that you want to, to develop. Now, most dentists struggle to talk and open up to colleagues because they feel it leaves them vulnerable. Um, so you don't want to talk to somebody in your practice 
about struggling that you're having because they'll judge you and they'll think there's something going on and there's something wrong. You don't want to talk about potential health issues because again, oh, will this be a problem for me? So they, they really, if they're going to talk to somebody, it needs to be somebody outside, um, within the profession, but outside. So I think there's a, there's a real place for helping to keep people healthy and sane. Because mm. obviously one of the things we look at in Canny Dental is people's well-being and ill health. And there are high levels of ill health within dentistry. Uh, we get quite high levels of burnout. And mentoring can be a preventive to, to stop people going right down that slippery slope. You make it sound, uh, you know, it's very clear what, what the benefits are. But I mean, I think it's only right to say, to ask you, um, you know, for all the good things mentoring can do, have you got any words of warning about when mentoring can go bad? It can go bad. It can be toxic. Um, yes, you're right. And I think largely that can go bad because you're, you've chosen a mentor who's not been trained, who thinks that they're a mentor and they're actually not. So they end up telling you, they end up judging you. Um, they end up making you feel worse than you actually were in the first place. So um, by choosing somebody who who may be a colleague, but actually does not have mentoring skills, hasn't learned them, that can actually be a very toxic relationship. So there is no place for judgment in, in mentoring at all. And we do find if you do Myers-Briggs inventory with a lot of dentists. There's a lot of J's around. Uh, we can be quite a judgmental little profession, really. Probably not surprising. And you think about what we do, but you've got to be able to get over that if you're going to be um, a good mentor. So you're right. You can have bad mentoring. People can end up just being told to do something. Do mm. it like this. Do it like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And they can end up feeling small because they sort of almost, uh, the, the relationship has almost humiliated them. So yeah, you, it, it can go wrong, you're, you're right. Um, but to conclude, we're not going to end on a negative. Um, no. <laughs> I would like you to conclude this podcast by uh, summarizing three of the very, very best reasons why everyone working in the profession should consider a mentor. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here now and say you'll have a better business. You'll have a better business because you will have better conversations with your staff and your patients. So you'll have more involvement of everybody and everybody will be working to make the practice brilliant. So it's a better business model. I think you personally will have enhanced fulfillment because you gain so much from working with a mentee. We haven't really touched on, but you can have co-mentoring where actually you're learning almost as much from your mentee as they are the other way. So co-mentoring can be wonderfully fulfilling. Uh, and of course, actually, if you're mentoring, you will. It's like it's like any anything you give, you gain from that. Because your own personal knowledge, your own personal expertise goes up. The, the problem I think with it is you can't put pounds, shillings and pence on it. So it, it, it's unlike a lot of other interventions you might do that you say, I'll buy that 
and that will mean I'll get X number of additional patients and additional this, pound, shillings and pence. Mentoring gives you way, way more, but it's really hard to put a pound, shillings and pence sign on what, what you've gained from it. But yeah, better business, always round. And health, forgot that third, you'll be at your will you'll feel a lot better. So the well-being will be increased as well. You heard it here first. Everyone uh, <laughs> go and get a mentor immediately. It'll do good for your business, it'll do good for your health and, and you know the world will be a better place. Janine, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Andrew.